0: Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how
1: much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
0: Listening to the Dead Parent Club Podcast, a podcast designed to open up the conversation surrounding grief and to ensure young grievers feel less alone. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with young adults from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. The good, the bad, and the banter.
1: And I think I've been so kind of embarrassed getting upset when people are like oh why are you upset and I'm like oh my mum died 20 years ago (laughs) and they're like well okay you know you've had enough time to kind of get over it now um but then it just made me think that I don't have to get over it and I don't think I ever will get over it and it's just made me accept it more so now I think I actively welcome those moments of sadness when they come because that's my chance to think about my mum and, and talk about her and you know celebrate the fact that she was a massive part of my life even if even if I, I don't have any memories of that.
0: Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Dead Parent Club podcast. This week's guest is Curtis Gutter and she lost her mum when she was just six months old. In this episode, Kirsty talks about what it was like growing up without her maternal mum and how it impacted life for her as a child. Although she was part of a strong family unit with her sister, her dad and her stepmum a few years later, the opportunities to speak about her mum were few and far between. It's only recently as an adult that she has begun acknowledging her grief a lot more after a close friend of hers recently lost a parent herself. This event highlighted just how life-changing this must have been for her and her family as a baby and how much it must have impacted her whole life growing up and who she is as a person today. A huge thank you must go to Kirsty for coming on to speak so openly about her loss. I really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to. Reviews really help us reach more people and I would really appreciate it. Thanks everybody and stay safe. just to start with Kirsty would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners just so they can get an idea of who you are and how old you are and just so they can get to know you
1: yeah sure Um, my name's Kirsty I'm originally from London at the moment I'm living in Bristol Um, I'm 25 years old and I'm on the civil service grad scheme I currently Mm -hmm. work in Welsh Government Um,
0: where are you originally from
1: um, I'm from London. Is This is always oh, okay. a, a tricky subject because I say I'm from London, but really I'm from Bexleyheath. Heath. Um, and anyone who's from London will say Bexley Heath is in Kent. Um,
0: so <laughs> 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 it's just easier to say that though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I say uh, I'm from London. Okay with that? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, so obviously this is the Dear Club podcast. Could you give us just a brief insight basically into your own grief story? Yeah, sure. Um, So
1: I found out about the dead parent podcast because of my friend Amy, who's a mutual friend of ours. Um, And it really kind of resonated with me. I realised, yeah, that that there's been a lot of grief there that maybe things I hadn't thought about before. And Mm -hmm. so my story is a bit different because my mum died when I was six months old. Um, Mm -hmm. So I never knew my mum. I have no memories of her. Um, And weirdly, uh, this has, you know, sparked me to kind of talk about it a bit more. And I I spoke to my sister recently because I have an older sister and she was uh, three and a half when my mum died. And I was always a bit jealous growing up because I always thought that she had memories and I didn't. um, Uh, Because for a three and a half year old, you could kind of, you know, expect that they may have one or two very um, distant memories. And I spoke to her recently and she was like, no, Cursed, I've I've got no memories of mum. Aww. and um I was like actually I think that's sadder like I I thought it would um yeah I, I was always a bit jealous of it as a as a child but now I, I realize, yeah yeah actually it's yeah quite sad that we both don't but yeah so my mum um she was 33 when she died she had headaches really bad headaches um and and she was treated for meningitis that's what they thought was wrong with her, okay. um, and so this went on for a while. And she would have fits, um, I believe, and, and she would black out. Um, and then finally, uh, she kind of got admitted to hospital, and they found that she had um, a tumor on the brain, um, and it, it hemorrhaged, and she died quickly afterwards.
0: Gosh.
1: Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was that was kind of how she died, but. God. Yeah because I was so young it was it was a really weird situation just because there was so much confusion around it um I could ask my dad yeah. questions and um my sister used to ask a lot of questions she was a lot more vocal about it because I guess she was a, a a few years ahead in the kind of the grief cycle I guess um but I, I used to get so confused uh about you know things that had happened and not remembering things and asking questions and then not remembering mm. the answer and I used to feel so guilty that I d- that I didn't know um, enough about my mum, and then it kind of
0: yeah.
1: weirdly made me not want to learn more because I I felt like it was stuff I should already know. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my first thought here is thinking like, oh my god, your dad. Like, oh yeah, you know, just suddenly kind of being left with a six month old and a three and a half year old. I mean, what a responsibility. That's huge.
1: Yeah, well, my nan used to tell the story. Um, my nan was very close with my mum. It wasn't my mum's mum, but my, um, she was, they were very close. And um, I used to talk to my nan a lot about it. And she used to always kind of tell the story that um, all my mum ever wanted was children. Um, and that was always her life plan was to, was to have children. And she had yeah. several miscarriages. Um, she had a, I think she had a stillbirth. Um it was something like that, and it were really tragic events that she had um trying to have children and she finally had her two children um and my dad worked away for a year uh so that they could afford a house um oh. and then he finally came back and she finally had the second child and then um yeah then she passed away literally six months to the day um that I was born and i think I think that's the thing that like you say with my dad that that's the thing that me and my sister really bond over is mm. that we just, we can't imagine what my dad went through and, and just the thought of that and the pain of that. Um, and you, you kind of, I don't know if you wrestle with it as well, but wanting to talk to the other parent about it and, and what happened. And yeah. It's like, hard. Yeah. You want to live it, relive it in some ways, especially because I didn't really live it the first time. Yeah. Um, but also I don't want him to relive it because I just see the, of the pain that it causes him even now um, 25 years later
0: one of the things that um charlotte talked about in her episode was feeling like everybody else had kind of like gone through the worst of their grief as she was so young so when it came to kind of talking about it when say you and your sister were old enough to really understand and remember what they're saying and comprehend it all um she didn't really Kind of get those deep, meaningful conversations that she probably would have had had it have happened more recently. Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? Definitely,
1: and that that really resonated with me. I I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't want to be that person who who keeps bringing it up, and and even when you do, like you say, people do kind of move on with their lives, and they remember my mum, but in different ways, and
0: yeah, um, like a nostalgic way rather than like a grief like raw grief kind of way
1: yeah definitely and because i was so young i guess i wasn't really able to comprehend it until i was maybe i don't know 10 or 12 and even then mm. you know i i was able to ask questions but i didn't really understand the whole thing yeah um and that then is you know 10 years after she died so to ask my dad to have that kind of raw emotion about it again and he does get upset or me and my sister used to kind of morbidly joke a bit when we were younger that if we asked questions about mum we'd have <laughs> enough time until dad used to say that he'd have to pull his eyelid out and let his tears go oh. back in and we had up until that moment and then that was the rule that from then on we wouldn't ask any more questions and yeah I I don't blame my dad at all with that but with Charlotte's podcast she, she said that she really struggled to kind of to talk about it and talk about her mum because Yet life does does move on, and it was the yeah. same. I, I don't resent my dad for for not openly talking about it as much as maybe I would have liked, but I totally understand why why he couldn't.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose f- for him as well, he wants to protect his like two little girls, doesn't he, from such a kind of painful experience? Um, definitely. H- how old do you think you were when you kind of sat and I had that like fuck kind of moment of like you know. I, I don't have a mum because i i can just imagine like i get that i get that moment now do you know what i mean when yeah. i had it last night in bed where just out of the blue i was like oh my god like my mum's not coming back from you know wherever she is like do do you think that you had that kind of moment when you were like in your teens or something when you were like i could really do with a mum right now
1: to be honest i don't really remember it happening at that point and that's the point that i'd expect it to happen
0: mm. um
1: But it's funny you say that because it literally happened to me about two weeks ago. And I've had it happen a couple of times, but all in my early 20s. And it was a couple of weeks ago, and my girlfriend was really upset um, Mm. because she missed her family and being in lockdown, she couldn't see them. They live up north. Um, And she was getting really upset, and um, I was, you know, comforting her. And then I started to get upset because she was upset. <laughs> um, and then I realised, oh wait a minute, my mum is dead, and I'm actually never going to see her again. And like, fuck, yeah, not that, yeah. And it was like, holy crap! Like, how have I? How am I just realising it now? How am I just processing it now, twenty five years later? Like, I've known she's been dead for a very long time. All my life, I've known.
0: That, yeah.
1: And it, it was just that horrible feeling of, um, actually, yeah, I'm never. My my mom is never going to know who I am, who I am as a person, yeah. or I'm never going to know if she would like me. I'm never going to know <laughs> um, all, all these things, and they sound really silly and trivial. And people always like, I'm sure you've had loads, of but they're they're things
0: this. that everybody else gets to have yeah. for so long. Yeah,
1: and and everyone says, oh no, Cassie, she you know she'd be proud of you. She'd love who you are you don't know that yeah and that's what's <laughs> hard Is like well I know you haven't met her because I haven't <laughs> like <laughs> so unless you're hiding something that I don't know um, <laughs> then then I'm not I'm not sure if she would and it is comforting don't get me wrong I, especially people who I really um respect their opinion and, and mm. their judgment and know me well I think that's actually a lovely thing to say and is quite a um it comes from a really genuine place yeah. I I worry sometimes that when I say things like that, people are like, "Oh God, I can't ever speak to Kirsty about oh, it," no. <laughs> you know. But really, I want them to. um But also, it, it's that fine line of, I never know how I'm going to react. You know, I I I never know if I'm going to find it comforting if someone mm. says that she's proud of me, or if I'm going to go, "Well, how the hell do you know?" <laughs> yeah,
0: you can't know, can you? It literally is like Russian roulette with whoever says it to you. Depends on how you're feeling. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What was it like for you then kind of growing up at school and stuff? Because obviously everybody's automatic presumption is you have a mum and you have a dad and, you know, even teachers, friends. Did you ever have those kind of like awkward or uncomfortable times when people would be like, oh, what does your mum do? Or anything like that when you kind of had to, you know, you felt like you you were a bit left out? Yeah,
1: and I guess for me, the weird thing was that Parents and adults always knew before I did. If that makes sense, like mm. I vividly remember um, being in primary school and it being Mother's Day, and um, one of um, like my teacher saying, "Oh, Kirsty, why don't you come into the cloakroom? Some of the other kids are, are in the cloakroom." And when I went to the cloakroom, I realised it was kids whose um, either parents had—I I don't think anyone else's parents passed away—but it was. People who maybe didn't have that parent in their life, or was um, so like a group of you. Yes. It was quite a sensitive topic. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. There were like I think there were like about three or four of us, and Gosh, it was like wow. Kirsty, you you bet you better join this group, you know, because they knew obviously mm. that mum my mum had died. But at this point, I had a step mum, and I, and I still do. um I have a step mum, and so for me, I think it was weird because I was like, well, I'm just I'm just doing a card for my mum. And, yeah. and then this happened and then I was like oh yeah no my mum is dead and then I remember mm-hmm. getting quite upset about it and this teacher obviously didn't mean this at all she did it in like the with the kindest heart um she knew my situation um but I didn't fully comprehend my own situation so yeah. it, it was yeah it was it was such a weird thing and I rem- I remember in school it happened in a couple of times because just kids are, uh, I think, a bit brutal sometimes. They're just, yeah. so, you know, no filter. And you say that you don't have a mum and they just. Why? Yeah. Why? Where is she? What, what, why is she not here? And, and yeah, and I just remember it being really confusing. And when I was in secondary school, um, and this sounds, this is going to sound awful, um, but I remember having some counselling um and I, I must have been you know early secondary school like maybe 11 or 12 and I met this counselor and she had this sand pit and we drew out my family with these little um like uh, figurines and things um and she asked me about my mum um and I got really upset um and I thought that I that that my pregnancy that her pregnancy with me had, had caused her to pass oh. away that, that that had been the reason. And I don't know whether I really thought that or I just felt guilty that she was dead and that I was young or or what it was, Mm. how I made that connection in my head. Um, But I remember the counsellor kind of being quite blunt about it and being like, no, Kirsty, that's not how your mum died. Um, And that kind of and then we didn't speak about it again. And then we just kind of spoke about normal life and like generally my dynamics I I was a bit of a naughty kid in school so I think Mm -hmm. that was probably why that triggered the the men the the counseling not necessarily my own situation yeah um but I I'd forgotten about that until the other day and I was thinking about it and I was like oh that's so weird that I that I said that and whether I believed it or not or I was just confused now looking back I think that was just kind of a cry out for help for someone yeah
0: definitely acknowledge it maybe or yeah to speak about it but it's probably you just wanting to talk about it yeah yeah (laughs) like just you know (laughs) what are situations like do you think that um what happened to your mum did impact your behavior at school and stuff then and impacted like impacted who you were as a teenager yeah massively and
1: and I don't I definitely didn't make that connection at the time mm. um but looking back now I don't see how it couldn't have been correlated um and my stepmom, uh, you know she she took a lot uh, of bad behavior from me really and when mm. I look back I think I was horrible in in terms of you know that situation and Saying that she wasn't my mum and I, I found it so mm. so difficult to kind of comprehend and understand. And I I let that out in completely the wrong way. And at school, I just found the whole thing quite frustrating. And um yeah, I didn't really know where my path was. And with my mum, we, we kind of had set set ways that we talk about her. So if I brought her up, or my sister brought her up, which was rare, or um on her death anniversary, um, and at Christmas, and we'd go to the the cemetery. Um and I remember like those two times a year, it it was so overwhelming and I'd get so upset mm. and it would just be like this massive weight on my shoulders a couple of days before and a couple of days afterwards. But then after that, you're just a kid at school who has a mum, even though they're a stepmom and and a dad yeah. and Um, I have a younger sister who's, you know, technically my half sister, but she's just my sister. And so, yeah, yeah, we were just our, our family unit then. Um, and it, like I said, it wasn't until my, my twenties and the last couple of years really that I've kind of really come face to face with my grief and and really learned about my mum more and, and tried to, yeah, live that experience again in some ways i guess to kind yeah. of feel closer to her
0: yeah i mean I, I can only imagine how difficult it is just having those like two events per year where it's kind of like about your mum mm. and you probably feel kind of more allowed to bring her up because i think i think the thing with grief is that it's much easier to kind of cope with and acknowledge when it's being drip fed like mm-hmm. continuously into your life um and that's why I think, you know, a lot of people tend to struggle when they pent up everything that they're feeling and then it'll get to, like, a death anniversary and it's excruciatingly painful. Um, so I can only imagine how hard that must have been as a child and, like, a teenager and stuff just kind of navigating those times. Because I suppose, like, with your family, that's that was your normal, wasn't it? That was all that you'd ever really known. Yeah, definitely. And then,
1: definitely.
0: like, every now and again you go and kind of mourn a person who you don't know, but who is the closest person to you, you know, because she, she made you, didn't she? So I think the the whole process behind that, I think, must be really difficult. I mean, it's hard for me to comprehend it, you know. I think it's so individual and hard to to just kind of process.
1: Yeah, even now, I, f- I find it strange. And like one of my closest friends um she's older than me and she's a mum herself and she was kind of the the first person who she obviously didn't know my mum either and, and she's the first kind of friend that I've made who really made it like a, a big part of our relationship to get to know my mum to ask oh, questions amazing. about her and it was crazy and, and she was like oh why why don't you normally speak about it and she was like you know she's your mum Kirsty. she made you she's oh. a massive part of your life Um, whether she's there or not Um, and she's a teacher um, a newly qualified teacher and uh, the other day so so she really encouraged me to come on the podcast Um, and the other day she was um, researching about uh, children um, and what happens when they lose a parent from a young age Hmm. um, and uh, how children deal with grief Uh, because she's um, a nursery school teacher and she sent me all of these slides about it she insisted that I knew all this information Um, and it was yeah it was really cute and she was just saying that that I would she she just sent me over and over again saying you would have known Kirsty you would have known Um, you would have known that something was wrong you would have known that you'd lost your mum and that would have affected you because this information was saying that you you know when you're one or two years old um that you you can feel that um from from such a young age and even if it doesn't physically show until later on um that does have an emotional effect on you um and in some ways it was quite comforting because it was like oh you know my mum was part of my life and I was sad when she left me even if yeah. I don't remember that time
0: yeah I think that that was one of the hardest things you know because it will have impacted you at such a young age and your sister as well it must be hard for her to know that because I, I bet she you know she cried for and I would mean, you would have done as well you would have cried for your mum like you know in the days and weeks passing so you know, yeah. it's it's hard to know that you would have actually grieved and missed them so hard then, but you can't remember it. Um, yeah, do, do you think that you and your sister like are, are you really close? Do you think because of the, because of your mom or like do you talk quite a lot about it? Um,
1: we're a lot closer now that we're older because I think sisters just in general, you know, <laughs> love yeah. to get on each other's nerves. Um, yeah. but it's definitely something that we that we kind of really share. And even my younger sister, so obviously it wasn't her mum, but she was so part of of us dealing with it growing up. She was there when we went to the cemetery twice a year. And, you know, she was always so respectful about um, our mum. And so we, there's always that safe space between the three of us really, and, and that's really nice. And it's always something that I feel that I can bring up with both of them. Um, my dad has loads of photos of her of my mom and and mm. still items of her clothing and things at home mm. um that he kind of saved for us for when we were older to decide what we'd like to do um with them That's good. Yeah, um my younger sister like when she goes through some of the old photos and stuff because I live away now she'll send me pictures of me and my mom and it is so, yeah, it's it's really nice. So and yeah. having having both of them definitely has kind of been a massive support with that because we were the kids who you know one of our mums died and that that was who we were as a family you know that was kind of our lived experience
0: at at what point did your dad get into a new a new relationship do you remember that
1: um so I was really young so it's a funny story um so we had a nanny um we had a nanny we had a couple of nannies um and yeah one of the nannies we had is my stepmom Um, wow yes uh so yeah she was our nanny um and then her and my dad got together and I think they got married when I was about three or four ish okay um I could be wrong um so yeah so so that is interesting in itself because you don't really have any memories from before you're three or four Mm. um so all my memories are with my mum, my stepmom in my life
0: yeah Um, of course
1: so yeah, so that that's that's really that's really quite interesting, I think. And-,
0: and I suppose I suppose she was always a constant in your life then. Anyway, you mm. know, if she was already there when you were so young as a nanny. I suppose it wasn't just suddenly like suddenly this woman came onto the scene and started coming into your house. No, no, it was yeah exactly. It was
1: like she was always there. So mm. so in some ways, as a kid, it was like oh no, I have a mum just like everyone else. Like my yeah. stepmom was just my mum because I knew her for as long as anyone knew their mum if that makes sense it, it, yeah
0: it, yeah definitely
1: yeah it, which is why I think it it took longer for me to kind of face up to my grief and and deal with the death of my mum because I just had another life it, it was just it's just what happens isn't it people mm. have to move on and they have to carry on with their lives and so I have to I had meet yeah yeah you have to mm.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: So what, what do you think it was then that sort like that's made you now in your 20s be like, right, and I'm, I'm going to start kind of acknowledging this and working through my grief a little bit more than that all? To be
1: honest, it was quite kind of a, well, a really sad um, circumstance. My, one of my really close friends. Um, her dad passed away less than a year ago mm-hmm. um I was what well, I'm really close with her family I knew her dad quite well and he was a wonderful man like just a fantastic person um the life and soul of every kind of occasion or party even when you maybe shouldn't be the life and soul and you should be a bit quieter but he he was um just a fantastic person and um yeah he sadly passed away uh quite quickly um -hmm. and it really kind of well for one thing it was just so awful that he'd passed away and I was grieving him and so sad that he had that he had passed I was grieving for my friend because it was it was just a horrible situation and I felt so kind of sad and I just really felt for her and her family and especially her mum and I just didn't I just couldn't comprehend how they how do they cope? How do you carry on with life after something like that happens to you? And I think with my dad, um, I've always wondered that, like how did he pick himself up? How did he go back to work? And how did he, you know, pay for a nanny to look after his young two kids, grieve his wife, go back to work and just carry on with life? How, how did he manage to pick himself up every day and do it? And that's something that even now I just, I question and I, I just, I admire. Yeah, I I just don't know where you get that strength from. And yeah, and I think not only did I have all these feelings of grief towards my friend and and her dad passing, but also in a weird way, I kind of lived my mum passing again. I, I know it's going to sound really strange, but it was kind of like seeing what would have happened when my mum died. Like, yeah,
0: I get that. Like living through it and seeing people's reactions and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I didn't I don't know anyone else whose parent has passed so it was the first time and I've had grandparents pass and that's always sad but I think it's been said on the podcast before it just it just seems different when a parent dies and when someone Mm -hmm. dies young and and unexpectedly and it was just a type of grief that I that I hadn't come face to face with yet and it brought up so many emotions and I kind of um I had a series of, of breakdowns after that and, and started to see a counsellor, um, which was just extremely helpful and eye-opening and just kind of made me realise that I'd never really dealt with the death of my mum and I'd never really spoken about it at length. Um, I never expected it, for some reason, to have a big effect on my life, but of course it would. Of course it would um, change who I am and, and change change everything really changed my outlook on life and change who I am as a person so yeah it was it was so horrible to, to see her go through it and mm-hmm. and even now I I really want to be there and and you know there for her f- throughout anything and and what's strange is I always thought you know when you've lived through something yourself that you're more able than to help somebody who goes through something <laughs> you're easier. really not are you <laughs> no like if anything I was worse because I yeah, been, yeah. I just panicked and I just thought I just kept saying oh what would I want what would I want in this situation what What yeah. would I have wanted someone to say to me and really um my partner knows that that I can want Fifty million different things. Yeah, <laughs> any second of every day. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to bring exactly. it back. Yeah, it just it really didn't it it didn't help. And um, and that was the thing. I just felt like I couldn't help. I couldn't. I couldn't take the pain away. I couldn't bring her back. Her dad back. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just. It just made me so sad. It just made me think. This is so like it is it's horrible. so
0: sad and so unfair that we that people have to live a life without their parent before they're supposed to you yeah. know it is just the saddest thing and i think because as a society we just we're brought up just expecting that our parents will be with us until we ourselves have children mm. you know and we're just expected that they're going to live until they're 80 and you know I, I know it's different for you because what you how you were brought up that was your normal but like it, you must get those feelings of being a bit like why was I robbed of all of those years of getting to know the person that gave birth to me like that's like that's like your fundamental right as a human isn't it you know to yeah, definitely have those opportunities with your mum
1: that's the thing and I think because like you say I, I had quite a from then on quite a normal childhood in terms of having um kind of a family system around me and it's not till being older that I'm like god that was really not good (laughs) and not nice Mm -hmm. and not something that someone should should have to go through and in some ways I think it's easier that I went through it and didn't really know um that I was going through it and seeing my friend go through it being older just made me just cry out and think this is horrible and just you know in the middle of your life then you've got so much going on and like I listened to your story and it it just how do you do that you know you're at uni and you're just you're living life and then all these things keep coming at you and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just horrendous and it's something that kept coming up in counseling and I just kept saying to my counselor why does it happen (laughs) like why it's okay
0: (laughs) why is life so cruel
1: (laughs) yeah just like just take it away like if you want to make me happy just take the pain away Mm. and yeah you just you just can't but um
0: what are the things that you're doing then now like to kind of you know make that room in your life for your grief as an adult to be honest since
1: acknowledging it and since seeking help and um and talking about it to now I talk to, to talk to my partner about it I talk to friends about it and mm. I have that really awkward conversation and I spoke to my um best friend growing up uh the recently and I said to her like so what was I like as a kid like did I ever <laughs> speak about mum like and she told me that I used to have this like memory box and it used to be like keepsakes of things about my mum. And when Aww. I'd get sad, I'd go and sit with my memory box and no one was allowed near Kirsty and her memory box. And it was like a thing. And I, I I totally forgot that that even happened. And I just think that there are a lot of moments where I grieved my mum, especially with my nan growing up. That was my close connection because we don't talk to my mum's family anymore. So when I, when my mum passed, so we call her mummy Sue. I should have mentioned that, but um, sorry, it, it's a childhood thing and I'll, I'll never lose it, I don't think. But yeah, we yeah. call her mummy Sue and she, um, her family, um, I'm not really sure what happened, but basically our family fell out of her family. Um, I don't think they were that happy away around um, when my dad kind of moved on and things. Um, mm. And so, I never knew her parents or her side of the family at all, really. So that was kind of quite hard to have that missing. Um, Yeah, I bet. Whereas now I'm trying to kind of fish for those memories and the memories of speaking to my nan about it. And my sister's a lot more proactive than me. She's very good at speaking to family and friends and she'll go round. We have a lot of like fake family, you know, when you have like fake aunts and uncle. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that we're all kind of mummy Sue's best friends, um, which is really nice. And so she'll seek them out to, to ask some questions. And that's, oh, that's an, brilliant. yeah, it's so good. And it's something that I now really want to actively do. And I talk about her a lot more and I allow myself to be upset. And I will always remember when I read on your podcast um, the saying that no matter how long it's been, you can always grieve for someone. Yeah, and I think I've been so kind of embarrassed getting upset when people are like oh why are you upset and I'm like oh my mum died 20 years ago (laughs) and they're like well okay you know you've had enough time to kind of get over it now Um, but then it just made me think that I don't have to get over it and I don't think I ever will get over it and it's just made me accept it more so now I think I actively welcome those moments of sadness when they come because that's my chance to think about my mum and and talk about her and you know celebrate the fact that she was a massive part of my life Mm. even if even if I I don't have any memories of that
0: Mm. I love that it's amazing isn't it how grief is such hard work like it literally does take work and like you actually have to be really aware of yourself to kind of process it as well. And I think, you know, that's that's another thing about kind of society is that you just expected that somebody will die, you grieve for a bit, and then you just that's it. You don't really think about it anymore. And I think it's amazing like with stories like yours, how you can, you know, lose your mum at such a young age and be robbed of all of those years. And then, you know, in your twenties, you're suddenly like, I need to grieve this person now because you can finally acknowledge the fact that even Though you were so young, you they were they will and they were and are such a huge part of who you are as a person because you are like fifty percent them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's weird, and it's weird that that didn't dawn on me for so long. You know that. No. that, that I think yeah. it takes
0: time, doesn't it? And it takes like life experience, and like what happened to you. It takes seeing somebody else go through, you know, a similar circumstance albeit quite a long time later to be like shit like what happened to me was really shit (laughs) yeah obviously now we've spoken a little bit you know how it must have had an impact on like your friends and you know your relationships and things like that but do you think that I suppose now you might be able to answer this question a little bit clearer like do you think it's changed the way that you go about your life and your attitude towards it so like since you've started sitting with your grief and stuff a little bit more do you find that your kind of mindset has changed about certain things like um I don't know I don't want to put words in your mouth so I'll see how you answer that first
1: um definitely I I think it's really changed my outlook on life and I'm very much a let's cram everything in that we possibly can and Mm. do it all at once kind of person and kind of sitting with my grief and then sitting with it during lockdown as well where you can't just fill your time with things has been really quite difficult to be honest to kind of balance the two um mm. but I always have I don't know if you have it but I, I'm not religious but I have in kind of this innate feeling that my mum is there mm. and no matter what I do I need to make sure that she would be proud of it
0: yeah definitely and it, yeah
1: and and that is what drives me to kind of do well at life and to try and succeed yeah. and, and do all these things because I'm just like, every time, you know, when you do something wrong or you say something that you shouldn't have and then you're mm, like, sorry. Yeah. 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 And immediately I'm just like, Oh mum I'm sorry. Like I won't do it yeah. again. And I have yeah. a little picture of her next to next to my bed and um, I have a, really cool actually. um something that I did in counselling. Um, so, the counselor got me uh, to get all this salt out onto the table and colour it with chalk. I don't know if you've heard of people doing this. Before.
0: Oh, I've never heard of that. No. Yeah. So you
1: colour the salt with chalk yourself, like literally just colour it in, um, and you can do like different portions of the salt um, in different colours, and each colour represents someone in your life. And then I put it into this like glass jar um, that I keep on my bedside. And so I'd put, like, my dad in and my sisters and my stepmom, and all people that are in my life. And you kind of put in as much sand as, as how big, I guess, a portion of your life they kind of take up and, and how much kind of they mean to you. And without even realising it, Mummy Sue is, like, the biggest massive chunk oh. right in the middle of my jar. And it's just so nice to look over and be like, actually... She is yeah. such a big part of my life, even if I haven't always acknowledged it. Or, yeah,
0: you know, yeah. I-, I mean, fr- from what you've said there, it's like kind of like it's like she's still mothering you, you know, the way that yeah. you kind of like apologize to her and stuff, you've <laughs> yeah. something wrong. It literally is like she's still mothering you, even though she's not physically there, you know?
1: Yeah, it's so true. Like, and honestly I think that kind of thought has so much more impact than someone telling me I've done something wrong if I think that if I I think mummy Sue would be ashamed I'm like oh my god (laughs) this is (laughs) this is on another level
0: I've messed up
1: yeah yeah I've messed up big time and so I think that's why I take it so seriously if someone says that like my mum will be proud of me because Mm. I really respect my mum's opinion even if it's you know something that I decide what it is and it's something that that friends and family kind of decide what what it is but yeah I still want to make sure that I'm yeah being the best person I can be so that if if we ever met again or 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 if she can see who I am right now that that she would be proud
0: yeah well you know from what you said to me I'm I'm sure that's definitely the case and we've only we've only known each other for less than an hour but I can tell that you're a you know you're a great person I'm sure she would be very proud um if if you don't mind me asking I, I don't know whether do you ever want to have kids or be a parent anything like that um big question
1: yeah it is a big question um yes I w- like I'd like to have kids um mm. and I would but I don't I don't know if you've ever felt like it but
0: I always feel like I'm gonna die young. Yes, I say this to my boyfriend all the time. I always say, I always say, I'm gonna die before I'm thirty. I don't know what it is, but I always say it. Mine is thirty-three. I'm like, there's no way I'm (laughs) outliving my mum. I don't know why, but I'm not. Like, I'm gonna get. My boyfriend is always like, "Can you not say that, please?" Because, like, just no. (laughs) Literally, my girlfriend says the same.
1: She's like, Mm. and and I say it sometimes, like as a joke. But then, when I think about it, I really I actually don't think mean past. It. Yeah, I really don't think past my thirty third mm. year. After that, I have no plans <laughs> because I, I just don't know, and I worry about loss and losing someone yeah. so much. And the, yeah. like I used to have this quite morbid. Um, way of approaching dating I used to love dating um I used to just think it was so much serial data yeah literally <laughs> just like just dating people just you know you see what's out there you know get <laughs> to know people and it used to be really good fun and um but I used to have kind of like a, a rule ish that would be about if they died would I go to their funeral like what at what stage was the relationship at? and and that was my my measurement the that, checkpoint <laughs> yeah and that sounds so awful doesn't it like and it was like in my head it made perfect sense because i if i get in deep enough them dying is going to have a massive effect on my life so you know am i willing to take that step yet am i willing to to go through the loss of a person if 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 they happen to die which is such a weird thought process when I think about it but at the time it made logical sense and I I really wouldn't kind of take those extra steps with someone um unless I knew that it was going to be long term and they were kind of worth the investment and yeah it's just so strange and even now like with my partner we've been together um like almost two years and like sometimes I just get so sad, and I'm like, "What would happen if you died?" Like mm, we're getting into deep now, yeah. yeah. Like it's two years in, we live together. If you yeah. died, this is not good. Um, and. Yeah. And I had like,
0: I had like rife commitment issues. Like, I was very comfortable looking after myself. I'd got to a point where I knew how to look after myself, how to make myself happy. And I was very comfortable. And if anybody came into the scene, I'd just be like, oh, you're going to mess it all up. And then I'm going to be really sad. And then I'm going to start from square one again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah. And I was just like, at what point do I like overcome this and just live life? Um, Mm. And I think I still like battle with it. And my sister has it really badly with my dad um, where she has these like vivid dreams that he's going to die. Um, she'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking he's dead, and yeah, and she'll go on the train. And I always find this funny, which it isn't funny, but I can just imagine my sister because she used to do a lot of drama, and she, you know, loves a good cry. She's a fantastic <laughs> person, um, but she says that sometimes when she's on the train to work, she'll just sit there in floods of tears, and people will walk past her Aww. on like a packed train to London, having no idea what to say. And she was like, I really hope no one asks ever, um, because if they do, I'm crying about my dad dying and he's not <laughs> dead. <laughs> um, I'm just crying about the fact that it could happen one day and that makes me sad. It's,
0: it just makes you so hyper aware of how fragile life is, which I think in one on one hand is really sad because you're not you can't just like live life without any kind of worries like that anymore but on the other hand it can make you really super grateful for the people that you've got in your life at that time so it's kind of a double-edged sword (laughs) yeah for sure for sure Mm
1: it's yeah it's a weird one and I and that's what I've really liked about the podcast is you meet other people who um I think someone said I'm always the one at a party who wants to talk yeah. about death <laughs> yeah and that's me I have a couple of drinks and I'm just like so oh. yeah so if everyone died <laughs> Impending right now, death. <laughs> yeah yeah how would you feel how would you go it's um, so true yeah what kind of person would you be and like, mm. if we used to play this game at uni I don't know if you've ever played it but that if there was like a natural disaster happened what you're in a group of friends like what person would be the one to like run away who would hide who would like get someone on their shoulders and run to a mountaintop like who would do what in that situation um and I always thought uh, I'd be the one to like grab a granny put her on my shoulders and like charge up the mountain um and then I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, if one person dies, I'm lying on the floor and I'm crying about it like' <laughs> <it's> gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one, and I think i <laughs> I'm gonna need a sec um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know if I'll ever get past that, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you don't mind, we'll kind of go on to my golden final question for sure, which is um." Anybody else out there who is listening now who also lost a parent at a really young age, similarly to you, um, what would you say to them with regards to their loss and their grief? I just say to
1: not be kind of ashamed or embarrassed of, of, of when you grieve and at what point that happens in your journey, and if that happens straight away or if that happens 20 years later, that it's completely normal and you should never you know feel bad for being upset that someone so important in your life no matter how long they're in your life for um when they pass away because it's 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 not a nice situation and it's okay to be sad about it
0: mm. yeah
1: and I wish I'd I wish I'd known that a bit earlier really and I think it 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 would have helped
0: well, that's perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Are you sure? I feel like I've just rambled for a very long period of time. <laughs> no,
0: no, absolutely not. No, that was no. It's brilliant. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming on to talk about it. I know it's not easy. So you know, a lot of people have similar stories to mine. You know, with the parents die of cancer, at uh, you know, in your late teens, twenties, and stuff. And you know, there's going to be so many people just like you who who have lost a parent at such a young age. So. The more we can talk about that the better
1: brilliant well thank you so much i really appreciate it and
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the dead podcast i so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today as always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto to the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dpcpodcast at hotmail.com alternatively you can check out our website where resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk also please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well if coming onto a podcast isn't your thing thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next week